your journey starts here. Welcome to the podcast, friends. My name is Frank Lotus, and I'm your host here at Iceland's Best. And we're going to just uh, talk a little bit about what has happened since the last time I spoke to you. Now, the last, my last podcast, um, we were anticipating a volcano. We were there were a lot of earthquakes and uh, hundreds and, and hundreds and earthquakes, and and so yeah. So finally, we did get an eruption. So what happened, uh, there was a huge crevice that broke open in Grindavik, uh, and then uh, Grindavik was uh, evacuated. So they evacuated the whole town, 3,000 people uh, were all evacuated safely, uh, nobody was hurt, and then shortly after that, we uh, there was an eruption, and it was 10 times the amount of lava that we saw in previous eruptions, all right, so... There have been four eruptions in three years, uh, so now we're in the new. Now I'm recording this in the new year. Uh, at the time, we had two eruptions in the year of 2023. Um, so now, what has happened since then? Uh, the well, the the Blue Lagoon closed. Um, there is a power station that is out near there. So you have Grindavik and just sort of north north east or northwest of Grindavik, you have the Blue Lagoon and this power station. And so the power station, of course, they have, you know, people there working all the time, you know, even in light of this danger. So these guys still had to go to work. And of course, the rescue teams were out there in force, um, you know, making sure everybody uh, stayed away from uh, Grindavik and when they evacuated Grindavik, of course. But now, since then, the uh, Blue Lagoon, the Blue Lagoon, has opened, and then it closed, and then it opened again. So now they're open uh, for business. And what they did was, uh, we, um, we Iceland, we you know, uh, built a big wall of dirt. So if there is an eruption, that it will not, um, that it hope the hope is that it won't, it will not flow over this wall of dirt that has been erected to keep the lava out of the Blue Lagoon and also keep it out of Svartsengi, uh the uh, power plant. So and also keeps it uh, and also diverted away from uh, Grindavik, of course. You know, most importantly, uh, that's the most to lose is the town of Grindavik. So they, they've built this wall. So if, if you know, we do get more lava. So now the lava has stopped. It went for a few days and it stopped. Um, we, uh, we, were, we were sitting uh, in, uh, we were at, <clears throat> I was at my wife's uh, parents' house and we were sitting in the living room and we were looking out across uh, the bay and you could see it. You know, you can just see the lava just shooting in the air. We went out and there were a lot of folks that were just coming out of their houses just to see, you know, with their binoculars and with their camera phones and everything and and their long lenses and and all different kinds of cameras and, you know, and and getting photos and that sort of thing. And it was it was something to see. But this definitely wasn't the uh, the tourist uh, eruption like the ones before, because, you know, the fact that all these people in the town of Grindavik were uh, evacuated. So that wasn't, you know. So if you're coming to Iceland now, uh, don't expect to see any lava flowing because it ha- it's finished until the next time. Uh, the peop- the residents of Grindavik have not moved back into their homes. Now, some people will not be able to move back into their homes, period, because their houses were 
uh, right on top of this big crevice that opened up or they were very close or they were damaged um, beyond re- repair by the earthquakes. Uh, so that's also a sad thing. Um, but uh, the Blue Lagoon is open and they're asking that people be careful if you're driving down that way uh, because of all the heavy machinery. I don't know if they're finished with the construction around there building these walls yet. Uh, but, you know, please be careful when you go down there. Uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get hurt down there because there is an, there is an opportunity uh, to get hurt down there. Um, but, you know, just be careful. Keep your eyes open. You know, they should have everything clearly marked where you should and sh- or should not drive. And, uh, you know, stay out of Grindavik. Don't think that you can go down there and check out the crack because you won't be able to get anywhere near that. Uh, so... All that has happened, and um, you know, and then Christmas happened. You know, we had a beautiful Christmas here. It was uh, a semi-white Christmas. Uh, it did not snow on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but it snowed the day after. So on the twenty-sixth, everything was covered in snow, and it was beautiful. I this year, just like every uh, last four or five years, I went to cut down my own Christmas tree. There's a place where you can cut down your own and they'll plant 30 trees in its place. So I did that this year. I always look forward to doing that and then, and you know, and trimming the tree and all that. Um, and then, you know, our special Christmas in Iceland, you know, for a lot of people, Christmas is just Christmas Eve and Christmas. But for Icelandic people, it's, you know, 26 days of Christmas. You have the 13 leading up to and the 13 going away. So January 6th is the last day of Christmas. So, And in Iceland, we have 13 Santa Clauses. And they start on the 12th of December. The first one comes down from Dimuborgir. It's a place up north where... Uh, uh, where the Santa Clauses live and they come down each night one by one and kids put their shoe in a window and they get a little gift in their shoe um, or they get a, if they're good potato, if they're bad. Um, so that's how that is. So you get the 13, and we call them Yolo Sate. So the name Sate and Yolo Sate. So it's like a um, an English saying, uh, but like, anyway, so, so, you could call them Yule Lads. So in English, they're called Yule Lads or Yola Svate or the Christmas or the Santa Clauses. And these guys are a bit of, uh, they're, they're mischievous uh, lot. They are. Um, each one has something that he does uh, that is, you know, uh, I don't know. So you have, you know, one that, um, you know, he'll come in and steal the rest of the skier, you know, so he, and then there's one that licks all the skier off a spoon. There's one that um, will uh, steal your uh, sausages. If you have, you know, uh, what's called uh, uh, buwa, this type of sausage, uh, it's made from either horse meat or from lamb, smoked lamb or smoked horse meat. Uh, he'll come and steal that. There's one that slams doors. There's one that's looking through the windows, you know, looking for uh, something to take or something to swipe. Um, so they're they're a mischievous lot, and um, their mother is Grilla and her husband Lepaludi, and then they have a cat called uh, the the Christmas cat or Yolo Kutterin, and uh, I call it the uh, dysfunctional house pet. <laughs> that's their dysfunctional house pet. So what the cat does is the cat roams the countryside looking for children to eat that did not get uh, new clothes for Christmas. So uh, legend, uh, the, you know, legend has it the way that came about was, you know, 
kids that were supposed to do their chores, which included like knitting and sewing and things like that, you know, uh, it, you wanted to make sure you got all that done because if you didn't get it done by Christmas, you know, you know, the Christmas cat's going to come and eat you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you don't want that. So, uh, yeah, so that's a kind of a little bit of a rundown. If you look at my Instagram page at Iceland's best, <clears throat> I have a little short story about that, that I posted last Christmas and, um, you can see, uh, what the cat, what the, uh, what the characters look like, you know, with the yellow, with the little Christmas, uh, with the yellow fate, uh, yellow, you lads look like, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so you go check that out there. Um, so yeah, uh, so Christmas came and went. New Year's, every New Year's Eve, we have, uh, we shoot off fireworks. That's how we celebrate. Um, and uh, another thing that we do, a Christmas tradition in Iceland is we uh, put lights at the cemetery. So um, that's the way to remember the loved ones that are no longer with us for Christmas. So we go down to the cemetery and, and order lights and they will put either red, yellow, green, or blue lights, or any combination thereof of lights uh, on the tombstones. And it's something, it's really something to see. So when you go out at Christmas time and you see the see the graveyard, you just see all these lights, just a sea of lights. And it is really, um, it, it's touching. It really is. You know, I, I get, you know, choked up when I go out there and we have some family members that we put lights out for uh, every year. <clears throat> And uh, it's really nice. It's a, it's a really nice thing to do. So if you do come to Iceland around Christmas, you know, uh, look forward to you know taking part in the tradition of of you know expecting the Yolosvate or the the Yule lads. Um, you know, check out a cemetery. You can check out the lights at the cemetery. And then for New Year's, uh, we let off fireworks. So the rescue teams, the Icelandic search and rescue teams. Every year they sell fireworks and the proceeds from the fireworks funds their efforts to search and rescue uh, tourists and Icelanders alike. So if you're stuck out there and you you get, you know, somewhere, anywhere that they can get to you, they have uh, it's it's air and air, land and sea rescue. They are they really um, uh, they, they do a great job. You know, and these, and it's all volunteer based. So all the people that are, you know, and you have people of many different skill levels that are trained to do different things, and they have different divisions. You know, you have the 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 air division, sea, and then you have land, and it's it's like a military operation. The way these people are trained, you have guys that that rappel off the side of a mountain, you know, like if you're stuck mountain climbing out there, or you're trying to steal eggs from a puffin nest somewhere on the side of a cliff and you get stuck and you pull out your satellite phone or your friends are like, Oh, he's stuck down there. And they call, you know, they're going to come and get you, you know, they're going to pick you off of that mountain and uh, they're going to, they're going to save your butt. And so they sell the fireworks and the money goes to fund their efforts. And, uh, uh, if you're in Iceland, I highly recommend that you support their efforts because it's it's great. You know, it's great to come to Iceland and, and watch all the fireworks, but it's also even better feeling to know that you actually participated somehow by buying fireworks. If you bought fireworks, or you could just donate money to uh, to the Re Icelandic Red Cross or to the search and rescue teams. 
and um, they did such a great job uh, evac- evacuating in Grindavik. It was uh, it was really 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 cool. I gave money. A lot of people gave money, and you know a lot of people bought fireworks this year. This year's fireworks, my goodness! It, you go to <clears throat> go to my Instagram page, you'll see. Uh, and I also posted it on my YouTube page. It's all at Iceland's Best. So you just put in at Iceland's Best on the YouTube page, on the Instagram page. You will see. Uh, you'll see uh, what the fireworks looks like. And it sounds like a war zone. I mean, I've never been in the military. I don't know what a war zone sounds like other than in the movies, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it sounds like. And uh, it's pretty impressive. It really is. Um, so all that has happened. So we had, you know, they had the the eruption, we had Christmas, New Year's. Now, and we're over the hump now. So um, I believe it's the 22nd of December <clears throat> is the shortest day. All right. That is when it, you know, it, the sun is, uh, sun, sunrise is after 11 o'clock in the morning and sunset is just after three o'clock in the afternoon. So you barely have four hours of daylight, uh, at that time. So we're over that hump now since the 22nd of December, the days are getting longer, a few minutes every day. So now we're getting to where the sun sets now instead of setting just after three, it's setting just after four o'clock already in just a, a few short weeks where, you know, the sun, <laughs> you know, sunsets at, you know, like I think it's 415 or 410 right now. It was today. Uh, and then the sun is rising uh, just still around 11 o'clock around 10 or 1045. I, I believe I want to say, um, but um yeah, so we're over that hump. Now the days are starting to get longer a little bit every day. Now by February and March, great times to come to Iceland because, you know, February is still cold and wintry, all right? But March is that real turning point. It really starts to turn. You could we could get a snowstorm in March. Don't get me wrong. We could get a we we've gotten snowstorms in April, all right? But you know, March and April is when it really starts to turn. It's uh, more, you know, the days are longer. It's more of a day-night, day-night situation, uh, other, you know, rather than the extreme of mostly dark or, or mostly light. But you have a, a, a good bit of daylight. So when you come here, um, you have more time to see things. And, you know, this is the time to start. Again. It's, it's, it's still January yet. You know, we're not even halfway through January. But, you know, it's good to be excited for what's to come. So the next thing that's coming up is uh, um, the winter celebration. And it's a time of year when Icelanders eat all these sour foods like uh, it's called surmatur, you know, sour, sour meals. Um, you know, and there's <clears throat> in all kinds of things. You have the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, surpungur. <laughs> it's uh, soured uh, ram's testicles. And then you have the, the rotten shark. And, you know, you eat those things and you have in hard fisker and brown bread with butter and then there's a flat the flat cooker which is like flat bread you have all these things that we eat you know this time of year and what they in in they call uh, in other countries they call haggis which is the uh it's the sheep's stomach with the mince meat inside and you know rye and <clears throat> you boil it and then once it's boiled then you then you slice it and you eat that and then you have we have the blood pudding that's made from the blood of the sheep and it's it congeals and and they also put that in a in a sheep's stomach sort of pouch and it gets boiled and sliced and eaten. 
So all the, you know, some people call, you know, you know, you know, you have some of these foods you have to be really brave to try for the first time. And for a lot of Icelanders that are that are raised eating this, it's no problem. You know, they love it. And, you know, and, you know, every, you know, every nationality has their, has their traditional foods that, you know, to other nationalities would be like, Ugh, yeah, I don't see how you guys eat that, you know? And, you know, we have this other, uh, this, uh, the other thing called skata, which is in English is called skate. It's like stingray. Uh, and it is putrid. Oh my goodness. And I think in Norway they call it lutfisk, you know, but like in Iceland it's, it, it is called skata and it is, I, to me, I can't eat it. It is too strong. It's too much like, smells too much like ammonia. Uh, it, it, I just can't, I can't, you know, back in the old days before ref- refrigeration, they would bury the stuff and and it would be urinated on because the ammonia in the urine was something that would, you know, uh, help to preserve food. All right, <clears throat> that's the story I got. Anyways, um, it's it's all true. Believe it, it's all true. Um, <clears throat> anyways, that's coming up soon. So that's the next big like sort of uh, festival to look forward to if you're in Iceland. So that's coming up real soon. That when you eat the suramatur and everything, and uh, you know, and other than that, you know, that's that's your recap from you know from November to right now. And we're just uh, I've got my fingers crossed hoping that uh, the people of Grindavik can go back to their homes. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is it for, for the lava. They say this, you know, this, these volcanic events, this is a start of a new era of volcanic events that could, that could be taking place for, you know, nobody really knows how long, you know, could be, you know, 10 years, could be 100 years, you know. It, who knows? It's the earth. <laughs> There's lava down there. It comes up, you know. Iceland is one big... You look at it, you know, we're one big volcanic rock in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean, you know, and where we are, um, Iceland sits on top of two tectonic plates that are always moving. So one is the North American plate and the other one is a Euro- Euro- European plate. And there's an actual place in Iceland uh, where you can stand on, you'll be standing on North America and Europe at the same time. So the western half of Iceland basically is is technically North America, okay? Because they're on the North American plate and the eastern side of Iceland is on the European plate. And when you come to Iceland and if you do the 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 uh the golden circle tour, one of the places where you go is called Thingvellir and that is the site of where the two tectonic plates meet. And you can actually see this this ridge, you know, it's, you can see it's, it's impressive, but it's, it's a place to go. Um, hit me up. If you're coming to Iceland, uh, I'd be glad to help you, uh, to plan your trip and, uh, point you in the right direction, take you on a tour, you know, just, uh, I do private tours, talk to me. Um, and uh, I will I will give you a quote, and uh, or if it's something that I can't provide for you, I will absolutely point you in the right direction as to where to go and what to do, uh, what's what's good for you. Um, so with that, 
I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for sticking with me. And I, I'm still getting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emails. And, uh, and, and thank you to all those people that are reaching out and uh, that have sent me messages and to my friends in the United States that have reached out to me uh, to, you know, wonder, hey, you guys okay? We're hearing about, you know, volcanoes and earthquakes and, you know, you, and, you know the, new, the, the media always makes a, a bigger deal than what it really is. And, but thank you for reaching out, everyone. And um, with that, I'm going to say uh, stay tuned for the next episode, which was going to be coming up real soon. It's going to be an episode of museum visits. And uh, I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm making a, I, I'm going to make a visit to the uh, rock and roll museum. So stay, that's going to be an exciting episode. Uh, I can't wait um, to uh, talk about that. I can't wait to see it and I can't wait to talk about it. So With that, I'm just going to say, again, thank you for listening, and tell a friend that you have a friend in Iceland.